the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond, but at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. and neighbors, strangers, fellow history buffs alike. Today's episode is grisly. Let's set the tone with a quotation. With my own eyes, I saw Spaniards cut off the nose and ears of Indians, male and female, without provocation, merely because it pleased them to do it. Likewise, I saw how they summoned the chief rulers to come, assuring them safety, and when they peacefully came, they were taken captive and burned. That is a quote from Bartolomé de las Casas, who was officially appointed protector of the Indians during the 16th century. Hi, I'm Ben. Ben. That's shocking. Well, it is uh, It is definitely graphic, and we are talking about something graphic today, right? But first, who, who are you? I don't want to say. You don't want to say? This is too shocking. All right, well. I can't participate in this. All right, all right, I'm Noel. And we are talking about grisly things today. We are talking about comeuppance, I guess. Sure, poetically. Um, yeah, poetically, right. And uh, we're talking about um, death by molten gold. Yes, yes. And the reason that Noel, uh, super producer Casey Pegram, and I are bringing up this quotation by De Las Casas is because this is one of the few Spanish colonists of the time who stood up against the rank abuse, the systemic plundering of the, the native lands. Yeah in Central and South America and, and, and in the Caribbean. And my co-host here is absolutely correct. We are talking about molten gold, specifically molten gold in 1599. Now, for fans of uh, a lot of, you know, very graphic works of fiction, mm. uh, this, this seems like something an author would make up out of whole cloth 
just to be spooky. Yeah, it's true. Well, you know, I know you're talking about Game of Thrones and George R. R. Martin, and um, you may or may not know uh, if you're a fan that he did tend to pull some of the more graphic depictions of, of death and execution in the Game of Thrones books or the Song of Fire and Ice books from history. Um, that includes things like the Red Wedding. Don't don't Google that if you don't know what I'm talking about. It sure, is just, a massive spoiler. Just let it go. Just let it go. Um, it'll come around and it will uh, upset you. Um, and Death by Molten Gold, which was the poetic end to a character. Can I do a quick spoiler? Can I do a countdown? Uh. Yeah, I'll count you down, then you go, all right? Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Spoilers. So Daenerys Targaryen, who is, you know, the mother of dragons and all that, um, in the first season of Game of Thrones, her brother Viserys um, is, is, a, is a real brat. He's a real pill, and he feels very entitled to a crown. Um, he wants to rule the Seven Kingdoms with a golden crown. Um, and in order to do that, they employ, you know, the, the help of this barbarian horde, um, the Dothraki, and he basically whores his sister out um, to this Khal Drogo is the head of the Dothraki. Um, and as it turns out, they they actually hit it off quite well, despite his uh, evil intentions and, you know, treating his sister like chattel. Um, and he kind of really gets cut down to size and, and has no power. And she kind of really starts to uh, rise above him in terms of her influence over um, Khal Drogo and the Dothraki. And ultimately, when he brings a sword and threatens um, her unborn child by Khal Drogo um, in the presence of all of his... Uh, what do you call them? His blood riders, right? Yes, the blood yeah. riders. His crew. Yeah, his crew. Um, he demands this this golden crown. He says he's been waiting too long, and he he needs it now. Um, and he's got this sword. He's holding it to Daenerys' belly, and Caldrogo uh, kind of chills for a second. He's like, "All right, I got you." We'll do this. We'll get you your golden crown. Mm-hmm. And then they break his arm, hold him down, and he pours a cauldron of molten gold over his head. And he, uh, and, he, and he dies. He dies instantly, <laughs> right? Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a great scene. It's it's very well done. Um, sure. When he kind of falls, he makes this amazing kind of clunk sound. Yes. Um, and then there's steam rising from the head. Which and will be important later. Very important. So uh, maybe so, maybe we should do a time code for spoiler. I don't know. Is it okay? Uh, Noel, I think, that's, I think that's completely fine as a spoiler. We did count down. Yes. And I, I like your blow-by-blow blow description because it is going to come and play later in a big way. Also, boy, is George R.R. R. Martin and also the producers of Game of Thrones, that whole team is just great at making people severely unlikable. Oh, big time. Because by the time that guy finally gets his comeuppance, yeah. Everybody is just praying that he will Finally. stop. He w- he had the worst catchphrase, which was "Wake the dragon, don't wake the dragon, don't wake the dragon," and he was very, very weird about it. Petulant, yes, and also super rapey to his yeah. sister. And just yeah. anyway, churlish, bad, bad, bad guy, insolent, arrogant. Yes, but the uh, but the point here is that this kind of thing, as we said, actually happened IRL, not on the MTV show IRL in actual real life. Yeah, and you the quote you read at the top of the show um, is more about the atrocities perpetrated by the Spanish conquerors. Yes. 
But what we're seeing here is sort of that turnabout's fair play kind of situation mm-hmm. because the Spanish were so um, brutal and ruthless with conquering these native peoples. For example, the Javaro tribe mm-hmm. of La Grano. Um, and in 1599, they had had enough. Yes. Let's uh, – I'm glad you bring up the quote because let's let's paint the context here. Let's paint the background in which this 1599 event occurs. The Spanish were, I believe the technical term is, utter bastards during the colonization period. They implemented something called the encomienda system, which was – the idea was that groups of indigenous people would be placed under Spanish oversight – to foster, quote, cultural assimilation and ultimately to convert them to Christianity. But what this actually led to was legally sanctioned atrocities by the Spanish government, exploiting natural resources, forcing people to work in mines for gold, forcing people to labor until they die. I mean, forget a coffee break. Sure. And very few people relatively from the Spanish side of this event, very few people spoke out against the injustice. De Las Casas was one of the only people who did. What's the political climate here, Ben? Is this sort of the conquistador era? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Spanish conquest of the Americans. And, you know, just from disease alone, uh, up to 8 million people died, indigenous people, just from contacting these diseases. And one of the brutal things that would happen here that's very important for our story is that the Spanish governing systems would also just tax the pants off people. Mm-hmm. And this— And to quote Mr. Yeah. Show, and then they'd sell them pants. And then they'd sell them pants. Yes, there was a system in play. So the Javaro tribe, uh, they eventually, as, as you said, Noel, they have had enough, and the straw— on the camel of colonialism's back the here. The golden straw. The golden straw on the camel of colonialism's back here is the moment when the tribe finds out that not only are they submitting to this ridiculous, egregious tax, but that the governor of the town has been cheating them. So adding insult to injury. It was already a rapacious tax. It was already terrible, yes. And they attack the Longrono settlement. They did. Uh, They massacred up to 25,000 Spaniards. Just regular killing, though. Regular killing. Um, but, But that wasn't enough for the governor who was responsible for this egregious behavior. Um, they held him down and giving him a taste of his own medicine. Uh, uh, a lot more than a taste. Yeah, a heroic dose, shall we say, sure. of his own medicine, uh, that medicine being greed. God, I love this poetic justice here. They poured molten gold down his throat. And then they burned the town to the ground. To the to ash. Yes. And this this sounds crazy, right? We do know that according to the article in Journal of Clinical Pathology, uh, molten gold was poured down his throat until his bowels burst. That is the title of this paper. Yes. <laughs> really leaving nothing to the imagination there. <laughs> yeah, by F.R.W. Van de Goot and team. Uh, we do know that the pouring of hot liquids or metals like lead or gold had been practiced before. This was not the first time someone came up with it, but the given the value of gold, Typically, if you saw Roman 
torture and executions this way. It would be a metal like lead. It's true. And uh, you can even see today, this is a much less grisly version of this, but it will show you how um, how much damage a hot liquid like this can do, a hot molten metal like this can do. There's all these YouTube videos where people pour molten metal on like watermelons mm-hmm. or there's even one where they pour it on an anthill and you just see insane amounts of steam coming up and it hardens like instantly then you can like open the watermelon and look inside and it's filled all the crevices and it's created the shape of all of the open space and anthills look really cool anthills look super cool it's like a, some sort of thing you'd see in the Guggenheim like it's a really mm-hmm. fascinating sculptural kind of vibe or MRI of a brain yeah. or some kind of nervous system yeah yeah, that's a this is a great point. You you can see it and the metal does cool very quickly. In fact, a scientist who used lead for a test found that the lead solidified within 10 seconds. So this means you know, think about think about the span of time we're talking mm. and this this stuff pouring down, solidifying in 10 seconds. It's not going to go through the entirety of the body. No. Let's set up the the the, the situation here, though. You, you mentioned sure. this paper, Molten Gold was poured down his throat until his bowels burst. That is, again, the title. FRW Van de Groot and R.L. Tinberg. Um, this is what they did. They procured a, a cow's larynx from a slaughterhouse, and they make it very clear here in the paper that no animal was harmed or killed specifically for this purpose. You could probably get a cow's larynx from your local butcher. Sure. They, they, they yeah, gotta, yeah, They yeah. got to have them laying around somewhere. It's not something you see in the case necessarily. You but can at least get them to order it you. Could you. Make a, yeah, you can make a special request. If you'd like to do this at home. Exactly. Yeah. yeah maybe, you know, make sure, make sure there's an adult present, kids, <laughs> when you do this. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. 
It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So they fixed the larynx um, in a horizontal position to a piece of wood, and then they closed the bottom end using tissue paper, which I guess is a pretty good stand-in for the type of uh, membrane that would be, you know, present if this were connected to a, a you know, the rest of a body. And then they poured 750 grams of pure lead, uh, which was at around 450 degrees Celsius. 450 degrees Celsius is 842 degrees Fahrenheit. So nothing to sneeze at. No, definitely not. Um, And what happened was immediately huge amounts of steam began to uh, burst out of both ends of this larynx. And of course, that piece of tissue paper was no match for this kind of pressure and steam. It it, it shot out with force, they said. Uh, And then within 10 seconds, Ben, as you mentioned, um, everything had congealed and the lead completely filled the larynx and hardened, creating um, a shape, like a perfect cross-section of the larynx uh, once it had cooled. But there's something fascinating here because after everything had cooled, they examine the larynx, they take cross-sections and look at them under a light microscope. They find that the throat mucus layer had been completely burned off and the muscle was cooked or damaged to the depth of only about one centimeter, Mm -hmm. which is fascinating because, you know, initially... Some of us are probably thinking, well, a hot molten metal is going to shoot straight down your throat, burning everything in its path and, uh, you know, fall out of your Australia, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. But as Rachel Neuer writes in an article for Smithsonian called, here's what actually happens during execution by molten gold. It's not the metal that kills you. No, it's, it's the pressure. And the steam, the uh, absolute ferocity of, you know, think about like when you, even if you have a pan, right, a hot pan, and you put it under cold water in the sink, if it's hot enough, that thing produces all kinds of steam that's very, very hot. Can you imagine molten liquid being poured on your flesh? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's the difference of temperature would cause that insane amount of pressure and steam and rupture your your gutty parts. I mean, on the outside of your body alone, that's unimaginably painful. But then on your innards, on your insides, this gets to a point where the victim is probably thinking, just let me die. And we know, you know, we mentioned Rome, right? And we mentioned the use of molten lead. Uh, The practice of pouring some sort of molten metal down a person's throat was also used by the Spanish during the Inquisition. Yep. So again, taste of their own medicine in more ways than one. And I have to ask, this is something where we insert our own opinions. Are you cool with that? Sure, man. I want to hear some, I want to hear your take on this. Do you think the tribe was justified in this massacre? 
or this sort of I, that's a big question. Do you think the tribe is justified in murdering this governor this way? I don't know, man. I mean, they 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 had been just dicked around so much that I think they probably had had enough and they wanted to make an example out of him, you know? Uh, it was brutal times and they had been treated with brutality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, these tribal uh, people had a history of brutality in and of themselves. So it's it's certainly not something they just invented out of whole cloth because they were pushed too far, right? Yeah. These violent delights have violent ends, exactly. right? Yeah. And delight obviously is not the right word for this, but we're we're by no means saying that anyone involved in this had some sort of inborn predisposition towards these acts of violence. What we are saying is that when people are forced into a situation wherein brutality becomes a vocabulary, right, where wherein we communicate through these acts of violence, then this escalation occurs. You know, you can check out various podcasts we and our cohort have done on torture devices, right? And one thing you'll find is that torture goes across all civilizations and all cultures. But in this case, they go out on a limb here, Noel, and say, I think he had it coming to him. Yeah, I think so too. I think he, I think he earned this. I think he earned this torture. Of course, we can't condone the massacre of 25,000 people not all of whom would be fundamentally involved in these uh, gross acts of injustice. Well, the way it's written in everything that I saw was that they were fighting back against being overtaxed, but they, they had been colonized in the first place and, you know, essentially forced to work for, for nothing and had their natural resources totally commodified by an invading people, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't the best arrangement in the first place. This isn't even like a rebellion. This is a revolt. This is like a slave revolt. Yeah, absolutely. Because these people were considered inhuman. And the Spanish government was saying, well, we can do whatever we want, because ultimately, we're bringing them to out, we're converting them to our religion. Therefore, our means are justified. Sure. And, you know, this is a fascinating just terrible thing that we see so often in colonial history. Also, the Spanish were singularly obsessed with gold, myopically so. Sure, yeah. And, uh, you know, speaking of being myopically obsessed with wealth, have you heard of uh, Crassus, the (laughs) Roman uh, figure of, of great opulence? Yes, yes, I have. And this is a great time to bring up Marcus Licinius Crassus, uh, born 115 BCE. He was a Roman politician, right? Uh, even taught uh, taught some other Romans a few things. Oh, big time. He was not only a politician. He was considered one of the wealthiest men in Republican Rome. And he got there by corrupt means. Corrupt means there was a lot of um, invasion of uh, other cultures 
as well. As we know, all roads lead to Rome because they just kind of took everything at the end of those roads, right? Right. So um, he was uh, hugely responsible, um, had a very successful military career where he would, um, you know, he, he essentially gained control over most of Italy um, in his uh, struggle um, against the forces of Gaius Marius and Cornelius Cinna. Um, and his father was part of that, and he actually committed suicide. And then Crassus took off and fled to Spain, and he ended up siding with the opposing force in that uh, conflict, a, a leader named Sulla, against Marius. And he was able to reap the benefits of that through a uh, practice called prescription, which mm-hmm. is where you take the spoils of war from your uh, defeated foes. Right. You essentially commodify their property, their slaves, their lands, and they become your personal uh, wealth. It's important to mention the slavery aspect there because, again, slaves at the time were considered property, not people. This is like, for a modern analog, this is similar to civil forfeiture. Civil forfeiture is the practice in the U.S. whereby law enforcement can confiscate property if a crime is suspected, and it changes a little bit state to state, but this is on a much higher level. This, this is, as Noel said, spoils of war, and all you have to do is declare someone an enemy of the state. But why are we bringing up Crassus here? He is rumored to have met a delightfully violent end. <laughs> as well, um, at the hands of a uh, another group that he was attempting to conquer. And that uh, group wa- was known as the Parthians. What were they about, Ben? Yeah, the uh, Parthian Empire was uh, a major socio-political power uh, located in modern-day Iran uh, and Iraq. So it's just across the Euphrates. And Crassus says, you know, he, he has Syria as his province. And he said, that's not enough. I want more. I want the riches of Parthia. So he crosses the river and he wants to prove uh, that he also is a military force to be reckoned with. There's some internal competition in the empire. Big time. Um, and that specifically was he 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 was one of the uh, responsible parties for starting the uh, triumvirate between himself, Julius Caesar, and ultimately his greatest nemesis, Pompey. Mm-hmm. Pompey the Great. Pompey the Great. Exactly. <laughs> and in fact, he had such a beef with Pompey that when uh, people would use this nickname, Pompey the Great, um, he would respond, how big is he? <laughs> he's just he's just such a pill, man. And his uh, plan to uh, his plan to attack Parthia just doesn't doesn't work out because they have a different type of attack strategy. Oh, for sure. It's a, it's a different terrain than he's used to operating on. It's a very sandy terrain, and it's a pretty poorly formed plan. But um, before we, we, we get into that and finish that, I just wanted to mention some of his bona fides and some of what led to his beef with Pompey. Sure. Um, he was responsible for quashing the Spartacus slave rebellion, right? Um, you've, all, you've all seen the movie I Am, I Am Spartacus and all of that between 70 thousand to 120,000 
slaves who basically formed an army who had created a huge kerfuffle in the Roman Empire. And it was his job, Crassus's job, to deal with this, right? Um, and he ultimately did after um, his, his legion, under the leadership of a lieutenant by the name of Mummius, failed miserably when Mummius disregarded Crassus's orders. Um, Crassus was also ruthless because he instituted this punishment for this disobedience called decimation, wherein one in 10 soldiers in this 500-man part of the army were killed by their cohorts in yes. full view of their colleagues. We have to interject now, or I have to interject at least now in this story to say Rome is the origin of the word decimate. When you hear someone describe something as decimated, mm -hmm. they should not be saying that if they mean destroyed right. or annihilated. And this, doesn't yeah. it seem like shooting yourself in the foot too? You're literally like getting rid of your precious troop reserves. He, he like, was also born wealthy too. Yeah. It's not as if he earned his way up by his bootstraps. I know. And this was a time too where just being wealthy, you could like buy your own army. You know, it right. wasn't necessarily like a standing government army. A rich man could come forth and pay enough money to have his own army. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand-me-down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car. I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody like I was mm. in Mad Max or something, you know. I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. 
I miss it so. Uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos, and the last one, God bless it, I just I I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally, it, it still was like a a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now. Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So what happened next? Well, he, you know, he ultimately, after the severe punishment, um, he did come through and defeat that slave uprising at Lusania, where he cornered Spartacus and his forces. Um, it ultimately resulted in him crucifying 6,000 of the survivors uh, on the Apian Way, which Ooh. was a road where it would be lined with crucified um, Corpses. Corpses. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the beef with Pompey came from the fact that after Crassus had done the bulk of the work, Pompey's force kind of swept in and like just sort of picked off the, the last remaining stragglers of Spartacus's army and then got back home before Crassus and was able to kind of reap the glory the um, credit. of the credit of, of that. And that was a thing that sort of haunted him and happened a couple more times. But Let's get back to uh, the undoing of Crassus and how he ultimately met his poetic end. Ah, his alleged end as exactly. well. Yeah. So he's got a real chip on his shoulder, a real badger in his bag about this, uh, let's call it an inferiority complex even. He is in intense internal competition with the other members of the triumvirate. And this victory over Parthia, if he can swing it, is going to make him just as respected in his mind. Maybe he can be called Crassus the uh, competent or something like that. Oh, come on. He wanted more than that. Sure. Crassus he... the badasses. There we go. There we go. Or, or uh, <laughs> Crassus the cosmically cool or something like that. Oh, wait. No, I got it. Crassus the celebrated. Something like that. Sure. He yeah. wanted credit. The revered. And he had, uh, as, we, as I think I established before, he had greater numbers in terms of just individuals fighting for him. However, the Parthians had superior strategy. They had a shoot and run cavalry and arrow attack. Uh, this was their combo move. They were very good at it. They would get in within shooting range. They would rain arrows down on the troops. Then they would fall back and then they would charge forth and do it again. But here's the problem. They were able to shoot as well backwards as they could forwards. So if you just have waves of this going back and forth, what's a Crassus to do? 
You know, this actually reminds me of going back to Game of Thrones. Um, that is a sort of like a situation where the Dothraki, uh, the Dothraki were mounted and they were archers and mm-hmm. they w- were masters of their terrain, which was sort of they called it the the, the grass grass sea. sea. It's yeah. this big, very flat area, and the um, the folks that they were fighting against would often not be prepared to meet them in open combat. Again, yeah. taking historical context, I think Mr. Martin is pretty pretty good at uh, weaving that stuff into his work. So the forces that Crassus controls. Uh, don't like him. They're near mutiny, and so they demand that he hold parley with the Parthians. In other words, that he negotiate a peaceful mm-hmm. end to this, because obviously he's kind of a jerk for a boss. And they're getting shredded. Right. And his son dies in the same battle, so he agrees. He finally says, all right, I'll, I'll meet them. And everything goes pear shape. He is riding a horse to negotiate for peace. And he's got, you know, his entourage. He's got his sidekick, Octavius. Octavius suspects that there's a trap. He grabs Crassus's horse. This instigates, again, there's a very tense climate, a sudden fight with the Parthians. And later you will hear from a historian named Cassius Dio that he was killed, made a mockery of, uh, by pouring metal, molten gold, again, down his throat, and that this was poetic comeuppance due to his lifelong greed, thirst for riches, and power. Seems like editorializing to me, doesn't it? It is, because it can be traced to that one historian, but now... Currently, that's the source. There's no—nobody found a body filled with molten gold. It was also thought that perhaps he was killed and then had the molten gold poured down his throat, sort of adding insult to injury as some sort of symbolic— gesture right like like that pope who dug the other pope up and held a trial for him which we should totally do an episode on but you know at the end of the day it's a good story not 100 percent sure it happened that way but it is an example of somebody uh meeting their own demise because they just couldn't have enough and they felt overshadowed by somebody and they needed to you know embiggen themselves right yes to literally a fatal degree However, we can say, thankfully, that death by ingestion of molten metal is not a leading cause of fatalities nowadays in 2018, as we record it, at least the year so far. Uh, However, I'd like to hear from you, friends and neighbors. What are some of the strangest or maybe most apropos deaths that you've read about? Yeah, whether in fiction, whether in literature, mm-hmm. um, whatever you've got, send it to us at ridiculous at howstuffworks.com. Or you can shoot it to us on Facebook or Twitter where we are Ridiculous History. We also have a pretty cool Facebook group where we're uh, kind of mining it for topic ideas. And it's a pretty active and fun group over at the Ridiculous Historians. You can join up there. And if you like, uh, send us a note if you want to be a moderator. Yes. uh, And while you're there, go ahead and uh, find some of the threads that are still active. One that we both enjoyed was uh, the one about hot people from history. (laughs) And I chose the original Michelin Man. I think you went with Abraham Lincoln. I did. But man, I had no idea that's what yours were. I thought they were some sort of weird sausage monsters from like like a Twilight Zone episode. They're very crazy looking. You guys should check it out. Michelin has a crazy history, too. We should probably cover the story of how uh, a tire company fostered one of the most prestigious rating systems in the world of restaurants. But that is a tale for another day. Uh, Do check us out online and stay tuned for our next episode when we examine the disappearance of a waterfall. 
And in the meantime, we'd like to thank our composer, Alex Williams, super producer, Casey Pegram, and you uh, for joining us for another episode of Ridiculous History. We will see you next time. Assuming we don't die by molten gold. I don't even want to talk about it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream, through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com.